Hello and welcome to the third session in our webinar, Understanding the Times. And in this session, we're going to look at how we can understand and recognize the woke movement, or looking at the basic principles of contemporary critical theory, because that's what lies behind the woke movement. And in this session, I'm relying heavily on Dr. Neil Shevney's work, and his website is there, shevneyapologetics.com. And he examines in great detail contemporary critical theory. If you want to understand our culture, if you want to understand the woke movement, if you want to, want to understand what many progressives mean by such terms as social justice, div diversity, equity and inclusion, you need to understand critical theory. So what is critical theory? Critical theory is a broad area of knowledge that originated with the Frankfurt School um, in the 1930s and it's expanded and evolved dramatically since then. And there's so many disciplines that have come out of this, such as critical race theory, critical pedagogy, queer theory, and highly influential theories within the social justice movement. In the book Beyond Critique, Bradley Levinson writes, Karl Marx alone invites consensus as the first true critical theorist. Critical theory draws heavily on Marx's ideas, but not necessarily on his ideas about economics. Karl Marx taught that in order to bring about a just society and an equal society, you had to control the means of production and then also of distribution. Now, means of production, economic production. Critical theory follows that to an extent, recognizes that Karl Marx's revolution didn't really work. And they say, now we have to take charge of cultural production, the means of cultural production and cultural dis dis distribution. The Frankfurt School developed this, uh, started with those ideas in the 1930s, and then also the postmodernism of 1960s and the 19, right through the 1990s, postmodernism, central idea of that is there's no such thing as objective truth. It doesn't really exist or it's inaccessible. And truth itself is a social construct imposed upon society by the dominant group, mainly through controlling language and discourse in order to preserve its own power. So this shows why woke is so concerned to control what people say. They believe that power is expressed through knowledge and knowledge is formed through discourse and it is always through the dominant power, the hegemony of the day. And so that's why they want to very much to control what we say. And so the, the kind of constant, constant monitoring of speech, getting us to second guess whether we're allowed to say this or whether we're allowed to say that, this is very much going right back to this kind of theory. Now, critical theory is quite hard to define precisely. It can be used narrowly of the Frankfurt School, or it can use, be used broadly to refer to many of these other critical and social theories. Now, if you try to, to categorize critical theory as a whole, you, you, you really struggle because it's, it's, it's non-essentialism at work here. In other words, there is nothing that really, really gets it. It expresses in so many different ways. So you've got to take a pragmatic approach. So if you think of such terms as intersectionality, white privilege, white fragility, colorblind racism, internalized oppression, lived experience, heteronormativity, and so forth, 
all of these terms everywhere in our culture uh, and used in politics, highly politicized on college campuses, social media, everywhere. All of these are to be defined by critical theory, contemporary critical theory. So let's see uh, where does it all come from. Now, when we try to look at what uh, contemporary critical theory is, there are four basic premises. Critical theory works on social binary, oppression through ideology, lived experience, and also the goal of social justice. First of all, contemporary critical theory is based on the idea of the social binary. What this means is that society can be, must be, and correctly is to be divided into two groups. The dominant, the oppressor group, and the subordinate, the oppressed group. And these happen along lines of race, class, gender, sexuality, and a host of other factors. Here we have uh, Sensoi and D'Angelo in their book, Is Everyone Really Equal? For every social group, there's an opposite group. The primary groups that we name here are race, class, gender, sexuality, ability, status, exceptionality, religion, and nationality. Consequently, sexism, racism, classism, and heterosexism are specific forms of oppression. So have a look at this uh, uh, diagram here. Here is a diagram, figure 5-1, uh, from the book that I've just quoted. Um, and this shows how society is divided. So we have the minoritized target group on, on the left, the, where the, what kind of oppression is happening in the middle, highlighted in yellow, and which is the dominant agent. So obviously people of color, this is about racism, the dominant group is white. So poor working class, middle class, uh, this is classism, and the owning class is the dominant class. We go all the way through transgender, gender queer, this is sexism, cis men, cisgender men are those who who believe that their gender is tied to the biology as opposite of transgender ideology. Gays, lesbians, lesbians bisexuals, two-spirit people. This is religious, uh, sorry, this is heterosexism, and it's the heterosexuals that are doing this. Remember, according to critical theory, this is happening all the time, whether you know it or not. It is everywhere present. It's not, has this taken place, but how has it taken place? And here's something to, to think about. Muslims, Buddhists, Jews, Hindus, and other non-Christian groups, they are the minoritized, oppressed groups. The oppression there is religious oppression uh, and anti-Semitism, and the dominant group which is doing the oppressing is Christians. So if you're a Christian, you are an oppressor. You are oppressing people of other faiths and groups, whether you say anything, whether you do anything that is particularly oppressive, whatever you say, whatever you do, the question isn't, is has uh, oppression taken place? Uh, the question is how has it taken place? Then you've got ableism, nationalism, and colonialism. Now it's important to understand intersexuality. Intersectionality, intersectionality is the idea that our identities are complex and can't be understood along a single axis alone. So we have uh, a black man. He is more disadvantaged than a white man because he's oppressed by being black. 
a black woman is more oppressed than a black man because she's oppressed because she's a black woman and she's black, all right? So those two. So a black lesbian woman is even more oppressed than, than um, a, a, um, a black woman because she has the oppression of being a woman, of being black and being a lesbian. And so it's the multiplication of grievance through intersectionality and in one sense, it is helpful to understand that people who locate themselves within particular groups of people with particular experiences do have particular issues and, and do suffer prejudice and are sometimes having to cope with much, much more than people who are li living in more favorable uh, um, uh, identity groups. That's, that's true. But the point is, is that there's a political reason for multiplying so many people on this complex web of intersectionality. Because in order to bring about the revolution and the change in society, you need to make as many people as possible feel they have a grievance, feel that they are victimized, and to turn them against the, uh, the uh, hegemonic oppressors who are the ones in charge and in power. So here we have society divided into oppressed and oppressor groups. Don't forget, white women voted for Trump and uh, feminism without intersectionality, intersection, intersectionality is white supremacy. Now, the second idea is that oppression operates through hegemonic power. What is hegemonic power? Sensor and D'Angelo say hegemony, hegemony refers to the control of the ideology of society. The dominant group maintains power by imposing their ideology, ideology on everyone. And what is important to know about this and understand about this is that this operates through discourse. So it's not just that the people in power determine what uh, is, is the, what is the ideology that is to be accepted and what is acceptable but it is about you being part of the dominant group determine for other people what is true knowledge is power and power is knowledge it's the same thing and it operates through discourse operates through language that's how hegemonic power operates and so we can see why it is so important to those people who are activists from a critical theory perspective, work perspective, want to control what people say. Now, whether this is a correct understanding of how power operates, that's what the theory says. And then the third um, primary idea is, is that of lived experience. Contemporary critical, critical theory argues that lived experience gives oppressed people special access to truths about their oppression. In other words, it's a, it's a bit like saying, you know, no uterus, no, 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 no opinion. Because if you've been through something and you've experienced something, you're going to know a lot more about it. You'll even know more about cancer in terms of your personal experience, what it feels like, than your oncologist who's never had it. And that's true. And that's, that's important. However, you wouldn't say, listen, I have cancer. You're the oncologist. I don't listen to your truth. Yours just Western male oppressive scientific truth. I just look at my own truth. You will never be cured of cancer uh, by, you won't receive the benefits of medical treatment that way. And so 
here we have a quote from Anderson and Collins in their Race, Class and Gender anthology. The idea that objectivity is best reached only through rational thought is a specifically Western masculine way of thinking, one that we'll challenge throughout the book. So the idea that truth is best reached through rational thought is specifically Western and masculine, especially if it's only rational thought. In other words, there is a tendency here to move against rational ideas, move against scientific ideas, and to depend very much on people's lived experience. And the premise number three is that lived experience gives oppressed groups privileged access to the truth. To put it simply, privileged groups tend to be blinded by their privilege. Now that might well be true, but that does not mean to say we, we jettison uh, ideas of scientific inquiry, experimentation, validation, looking at the data, studying, using our minds to come at truth. We don't just go to people's opinions from their own subjective points of view. It can add value to it and it can add a, a great deal of empathy into society, but that is not how we discover truth. And so finally, contemporary critical theory is fundamentally concerned with social justice. In other words, that's the goal. Uh, what is social justice? That's the elimination of all social, uh, all social oppression, whether it's based on gender, race, ethnicity, religion, sexual orientation, physical or mental ability or economic class. Now, this sounds amazing. And it's a wonderful agenda, very good on paper, to bring about some kind of change in society which will bring this about. However, this is a revolutionary goal rather than an evolutionary goal. This must come through crisis, not through process, or if it's process, very rapid process. So the goal is to bring a social revolution by, first of all, tearing down all the old structures of society which are based on hegemonic power and which are based on oppression, which are based on oppression and on domination. And, and, and that operates, don't forget, everywhere, all the time, everywhere present. How are you going to bring that about by destroying all of that? It is a complete overthrow of society, which will lead not only to authoritarianism, but totalitarianism, totalitarianism and even violence. That's what the first Marxist revolution discovered. And this one, though it's not Marxism, follows very much many of the same principles. This utopia will not happen by this kind of activity. It's much better to think about how we could progress together with cooperation, not pitting uh, political groups against one another, identity groups against one another, but to come around in humility, share with one another, begin to look at what we can learn from one another and together form solutions. And so Neil Shenvi says, I hope that I've convinced you that critical theory helps to explain many phenomena. If we understand it, we can understand a lot of what's happening in contemporary society, in academia, and in our culture, and in our politics. So I hope that that is also added to your understanding and recognition of what woke is, what contemporary critical theory consists of today.